about falling in love for a minute. It's a thrilling and exciting adventure for both parties. It's a journey. They're always learning. I want for your students to fall in love with math, and I'd love it if I could help you learn to love math too. When we start from there, our math instruction automatically becomes more engaging, more relevant, more effective, and even more fun. And that's what we're all about here on the Learning to Love Math podcast. Hi, by the way, I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, tutor, math learning coach, and the creator behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of games with math in my classroom. With mindset, motivation, masterminding, and a little bit of coaching, we can make math magical for our students. Let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. Welcome or welcome back to the Learning to Love Math podcast. My name is Brittany Roberts from the Teachers Pay Teachers Store Math with Minis and also the host of the Learning to Love Math podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. So glad you're here. We are on day three of the 2022 Design Your Digital Classroom Summit. And as promised, I am coming with a daily recap of all the sessions so you can figure out what's worth your time, what's worth watching, what are you wanting to focus on with your classroom this year. And oh my gosh, so much good stuff for day three. Definitely, definitely, definitely check out Steven's session on Google Sheets. I would have never thought before like three or four years ago that Google Sheets would be such an awesome tool, but especially if you are a teacher who just focuses on math, or obviously if you teach upper elementary and math as part of what you do, it is a must. I really like Google Sheets because if you have maybe slow internet or if your students do, it doesn't require a lot of broadband connection. Like Jamboard, for example, I love it and I've made YouTube videos about it. I've made resources and templates for it. I'm actually gonna go ahead and put that link to those free templates here in the show notes in case you haven't grabbed those yet. Really fun for you to use. I love Jamboard, but one of the problems with it is because it is so visual heavy, because you have so many images there, it can take a really long time to load. So if you have students with slow internet, or if even you have multiple tabs or windows open, it can be kind of hard to open. So Google Sheets is cool because it's not as visual heavy. I mean, you can add images and have like mystery pixel art and stuff. Generally, you don't need to, and you can still really use it. So I like it for that reason. I also like that like other Google products, the feedback is instant. I'm really a huge fan of formative assessment. I think it's super important to formatively and constantly assess your students. Like, are they getting what you're teaching? Are they understanding what they're learning? And Google Sheets is a way to do that in real time. You can actually toggle between the different windows in Google Sheets and see like, okay, are they getting this? Are they doing the steps correctly? One thing Stephen really talks about in his session about how speed is not as important as accuracy. And while I do think it's super important to help them get speedy so they can reduce that cognitive load on fundamentals like multiplication facts so they can move on to those more complex skills and algorithms, I will say that I totally get where he's coming from. I do agree that like if we don't do quality work, then speed doesn't really matter. So definitely check out his session. In his session, he actually walks you through how to make a fun guess who game so that you have like some different questions and the students go through a series of figuring out who are you talking about as far as a teacher, which kind of makes it fun and relevant for your kids. So definitely catch Steven's session on Google Sheets. Julie from Ye Old History Shop, oh my gosh, her session is really good too. In her session, she shows you how to make an interactive notebook with Google Slides. 
And you know, I have done some notebook work before, but oh my gosh, hers blow those out of the water for the ones I made when I first learned how to make them. The ones I make are cute now, but oh my gosh, hers are so cute and interactive and she teaches history. So if you teach history or if you have a friend who teaches history, definitely tell them about this session. Send them the link for the summit registration, just like forward the email I send to you guys onto them so they can sign up because she has all kinds of tips for teachers who teach history or for secondary teachers who teach a single subject. But even if you don't teach a single subject, the interactive notebooks are amazing because I mean, if you've used like the in paper interactive notebooks before, I love those for math, especially because they help kids like model the problems and work through word problems. It's the same concept, but it's digital. So she teaches you ways to do that in Google Slides. So good. If you teach science or if you're wanting to make your science instruction more engaging, then definitely check out Nagam's session on Google Earth. I've used Google Earth a lot, actually. I think there are so many different applications for it, but oh my gosh, she just goes way deep. She shows you how to use it for ELA and to really like enrich your instruction with your novel studies. She shows you how to use it in science, it has this really cool hack and tool for when you're teaching your kids about volcanoes, which if you use mystery science, that's a big standard in fourth grade and plate tectonics and geology come up again in fifth grade. So definitely check that out. Such a good session. She really shares different ways to use Google Earth and why it's fun. And she shows you the basics too. So if you've never used Google Earth before, or if you don't even know what I'm talking about, definitely go watch her session. She shares so many ways to do it. And what I also really love is just her presence. Her voice is so calming. She takes everything really slowly and step by step. I know that's something I'm definitely working on is like slowing down my voice and trying not to fit as much in. But I think she did a really good job of making it full and informative without packing so much in that you feel like you're not going to be able to cover it. And of course, I think you should definitely, everyone should go check out Melinda Arna's session on inclusion. She even prefaces her session with saying like inclusion, just like SEL, just like so many other things, growth mindset have really become these buzzwords in education. And while I think it's super important that they're being covered and talked about more, it's kind of getting to the point where they're not as seen as important by teachers because when we're thrown all these different things to be working on, well, one, it's impossible for us to focus on too many things. But also when we have so many things thrown at us, we start to like devalue them or lose their importance or the words get so muddy that we don't even know the definitions anymore. We don't even know when we're truly being inclusive. And so even if you're a person who really values diversity and inclusion and you really strive to make everyone in your classroom feel welcomed and valued, I'm really gonna challenge you to go and watch her session and try not to watch it from a place of, oh, I'm good, like I already really think this is important because I think all of us can learn and grow. I shared a little bit the other day when we were talking about having a culturally responsive classroom about how even though I lived and taught on a reservation for five years, there's still so much I can learn. And I mean, five years is honestly a blink of an eye in education. So much can change in that time. And I feel like there was so much I could have learned and it takes so long just to even figure out what you don't know and then to get to the point where you know what you don't know. So I would say approach it with an open mind, see what you can learn. Go to the session with the intention of taking away at least one thing, one mindset shift, one change in thinking or a pattern of acting that can really make things better for your students. Those are all the sessions. However, we do have at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a live pajama party. It's basically a panel. So all the speakers come on there and they respond to questions, they talk, they lead a dialogue. And of course, participants can talk too. They're usually not on the mic, but you guys can talk in the chat. And I feel like this has been my favorite part of the conference, to be honest, is just hearing everybody share because just because we're speakers or 
panelists, it just means that we're the loudest and the most visible, right? We have teachers that have been in the field for 20, 30, 40 plus years, and they have so much to share. I've learned about tools and apps I'd never heard of this week. I've heard about different strategies and methods that are so simple for organization, for classroom management, for tech, for assigning things, for keeping track of data that I never knew before as a teacher. That's part of the benefit of having this educational hive mind. So if you haven't already signed up for it, definitely come to the Design Your Digital Classroom Summit. It's still going on through August 12th. I will be sure to put the link for that. It's totally free to access. Now the sessions are only available for that day. So all the sessions I just talked about are only available for day three. If you want to have more time to access them, or if you know you're just going to be busy this week and you're not going to be able to catch everything as it comes out, definitely snag the power pack. And that is $52. That gives you access to all of the sessions right away. So maybe if there was a session you wanted to catch on day one or day two and you missed it or you watched it, but you didn't have enough time to really go through it, the Summit Power Pack would be good because you'd get instant access to all of those and to all the sessions for the rest of the week. And you can kind of watch them at your leisure and then you're not like feeling like you have to cram it all in this week because I get it. Like I totally get it if you're in the financial position where $52 is a lot. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to spend what they don't have or what they haven't budgeted. But I will say consider it because your time is budgeted too. In fact, it's even more finite. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. If you're already back in school or if you're getting your classroom ready or if you are maybe even back to school shopping for your own kids or you're just busy with life, maybe you're just enjoying your vacation still, then your time is really precious too and you don't want to unintentionally spend more of that than you've budgeted because you're trying to save money. So I would say I would just challenge you to think about getting the summer power pack just to see if it's going to be beneficial for you. I will be sure to link that as well. And I will also link, because I mentioned it earlier and I'm kind of saying this to remind myself, the link to those free Google Jamboard templates, because even though it can be visually heavy, I think it's an awesome app, especially if you work with younger students or students that just don't have as fine motor skills, or they just haven't developed their typing skills because it's very tablet and phone friendly. Speaking of skills, the pajama party that's going on tonight, we are focusing on students with special needs. And we're not just limiting to this with students with disabilities. We're talking about students who are English language learners, students who have neurodivergence, maybe ADHD, ADD, autism. We are talking about all these different things because we are just living in a different time now. And it's not like students didn't have these differences before, but we're living in a time where ignorance is no longer optional. And I'm sure that as a teacher, you're against ignorance, but I think it's sometimes it's easy and safe to stay in that space. So I'm going to really encourage you come join the session. If you can only do the free sessions week, do that. Come join the panel. Just come with an open mind to listen and think, okay, how can I be more inclusive? How can I truly appreciate the gifts of this diversity? English language learners, they know other languages. That is an asset. Students with neurodivergence, they have a different way of thinking that can sometimes make them more visual or creative or more productive. Like those hyper-focus periods are no joke. You can get a lot done during that time. Students with autism, they have a different way of looking at the world and they challenge us to not just think about how everyone responds in the way that we do. So I just would love to see you there. Obviously, it's a bit of a soapbox for me, but I think it'd be great for you. I think it would be great for your students and for other teachers at your school too, who couldn't be a part of this summit. All right, that's it for now. I'll talk to you tomorrow.